カハンニャハラミタシンギョウ Thank you for joining the Zen Care Podcast. These recorded Dharma talks are given freely to our community in the heart of New York City, which we are honored to now share with you. New York Zen Center for Contemplative Care is dedicated to transforming the nature of care through contemplative practice by meeting illness, aging, and death with compassion and wisdom. Learn about us at zencare.org. Song is a real thing. <laughs> Just in case you didn't know. But probably many of you don't totally believe it. How it really matters how we show up and our consistency of showing up for one another. Is truly a treasure. The Sangha treasure. The third precept. It's so sweet to have Cal's son Liam welcome here. And to feel how our practice is not just for ourselves. For our families, for our pets, for our neighbors, for the people we don't know, the people that we don't think we are, because we're so different from them. And it's so beautiful to see, you know, of course, our beautiful Zoomdo and people showing up here in the Zendo, learning service positions. And <laughs> today's the 61st day of our practice period, and I couldn't resist. Putting this as a selection for our practice, even though Chad was like, no one's going to understand what that is. <laughs> this is for you, Chad. I know you're listening in bed, in pain. So Uchiyama Roshi says, when you eat a grain of luling rice, you may become the monk Guishan. When you add a grain, you may become the cow. Sometimes the cow eats Guishan. Sometimes Guishan pastures the cow. Consider whether you have thoroughly understood these matters and are able to make the calculations. So Chodo was like, no one's going to understand that. But of course, you already all understand that. Michael's going to talk about it over grapes and cookies after. <laughs> 
foci will, you know, pontificate after. The cow <laughs> is back. <laughs> so maybe there's nothing more to say. Guishan lived from 771 to 853, so about 70 something years. It was one of our ancestors during the Tang Dynasty. His birth name was Zhao, and he was born in Fujin province. And he's the founding person of the Guiyang School, which was the first of the five houses of Zen. So he's quite important in our lineage. And he was the disciple of Bai Zhang, who was his teacher, who in turn taught Lin Ji, who became the founder of the Rinzai School, which we're part of. I always love learning that, wow, we're here today because of what these folks were doing a long time ago. Not abstractly. So I wanted to just share some stories about Guishan, particularly when he was a young student and then later on. So about he and his teacher. And so one night Guishan was the Jisha to Bai Zhang and sitting late in the quietness of their mountain temple. And Bai Zhang asked him, who are you? As you might after you're sitting and living with someone for many years. Ling Yu, Guishan, that was his birth name, replied Guishan. Well, then rake the fireplace. <laughs> so Guishan did as he was told and started raking the fireplace and said, I'm sorry, but there is no more embers left on this cold night. Bai Zhang took the tongs from him, raked very deeply, and brought out one tiny burning ember, which he showed to Guishan and said, just this, you see, just this is all that's needed. At that, Guishan was enlightened. Woke up. What did he wake up to? Ever do that, kind of just slogging around, like, okay, I'll do it. <laughs> and not really see. 
even what is needed. To me, it's such an interesting part of practice that we're just doing it and not really seeing even what we most need. This little ember of fire that is there. He made a deep bow to his teacher and presented how he understood what will come up. And his teacher said, you have reached a crossroad. So many of us have these experiences and then we think, oh, cool, I had this big experience. Many of us actually come to practice so that we'll think we'll be in that experience and that will just continue. I've never seen that happen. I'm open to seeing it. But to me, every moment truly is a crossroads. Like feeling our fear is this, for me, is the same equally important crossroad moment to feeling like, ah, I'm here. I'm actually where I am. How do you work with your crossroads of what, whatever's arising? And how do you meet it? There's a wonderful koan about this woman who was really schooling lots of Zen monks. And she'd always just say, the way is straight on. And they'd always look at her kind of confused. But how do you meet your life right where it is? And how rarely are we actually where we are? We kind of have a whole counter story, what's for lunch, experience. I'm not good enough, or I'm so great. Either of those are like the same thing. I don't get it. I do get it. Either of those are the same problem. You have reached a crossroads on the journey. In other words, that's not the arrival point. His teacher says, when you are enlightened, it is just like when you are not enlightened. No mind, no dharma. If only you have no delusions and no discrimination between Buddha and the unenlightened, is your original nature manifested. 
No, we're no longer discriminating and discriminating and discriminating. I'm not that. I am that. Anytime, even that is just another form of discrimination. It is not obtained from others. Now that you've experienced it, his teacher says, now cultivate it in each moment. How are you cultivating that space in each moment of no separation? During his 20 years with his teacher living there, one time he served as the tenzo, or the head cook. And his teacher wanted to choose a master for another temple. So he had to choose a teacher to go to this other temple. And he called his head monk, his Shuso, and the rest of his disciples together to have them present their views. This is a very common theme in Zen practice. So he took out a water jug, as you would, put it on the floor and said, you may not call this a water jug. What will you call it? The head monk said, it cannot be called a wooden sandal. And Baisan was like, <laughs> no. <laughs> Baisan then asked Guishan. Guishan immediately just kicked over the water jug and left. Baizang laughed and said, first monk, you have been defeated by Guishan. So ordered Guishan to found a new monastery. Became a deeply appreciated teacher. So much so, that there was this wonderful, amazing woman named Lutemo, who was not allowed to practice in the monastery, so she just built her hut right outside. We know her now as Iron Grinder, which is what her Dharma name was. Later in his life, one of Guishan's students, Chang Qing, said, I lived with Guishan for more than 30 years. So you can see that kind of how this pattern of being with a teacher for a long time. I ate Guishan's food, I shat 
Guishan's shit. <laughs> I love that. Shit is like very popular in Zen. You know? We really appreciate it. But I didn't study Guishan Zen. All I did was look after an old ox. If he got off the road, I dragged him back. If he trampled the grain in other fields, I trained him with a whip. For a long time, he was so pitiful at the mercy of everyone's words. And now, he's changed. Changed. Into a white ox on the bare ground. Always right in front of my face. All day long, he clearly reveals himself. Even if I chase him, he doesn't go away. The beauty of, you know, staying and learning with someone. Such compliments. I ate his food. I shat his shit. Like, that's thorough. <laughs> that's intimate. You eat what's nourishing. You're with the shit of the situation. Like any good community, there's going to be some weird, smelly stuff. I love what he says, I didn't study Guishan Zen, though. Because it's almost like that he's describing, it's like everything was inside and pooped out, thoroughly digested not studying. I'm not going to study it. I'm going to embody it. And then this beautiful part about the ox. All I did was look after an ox, which is our mind. And then we think of our mind as the ox. Big lumbering thing that gets lost sometimes. Wanders off if not tended to. For a long time, he was so pitiful. Many people I know come to me and talk about how lost they are and how far away they are. If he gets off the road, I just bring him back. It's like in our zaza, I'm just like, come back, come back. Then they tramples the grains in other fields. Ever do that? Ever trample what's life-giving in other fields? 
unskillful behavior, unskillful words and thoughts and actions. I love that that's all just part of it. Yep, did that too. And I trained it with a whip, like, come on. <laughs> Pull it together. Atone. Be at one with, take responsibility. To me, it's like this attitude of non-defensiveness, like, yep. I love this next part where he says, for a long time he was so pitiful. Do you ever feel that way about yourself? Even to a part of yourself. I'm never gonna get it. Which of course is the same as like, I always get it. You know, it's like, it's the same bullshit. The mercy of everyone's words. How at the mercy of everyone's words are you? Many of us have actually already internalized that. So we have like this voice going that's kind of controlling us. You're good, you're not good, you're good, you're not good, you're good, not good. Anyone have that? That's what he's talking about. And this is like more than a thousand years ago. Same shit. must be a human thing. Waiting for praise or blame. The mercy of others' words. For a long time, he says. That's why I practice the steadiness of practice is so important. It's not a like, oh, I tried it for a weekend or... <laughs> Now he's changed into a white ox on the bare ground, and it always right in front of me. Like there's this clarity. All day long he reveals himself to me. No turning away. What an aspiration to get to the place where you don't have to turn away. Even if I chase him, he doesn't run away. I know for myself, I ran away for, from so many things, all my fears for a long time. But I did discover that that never brought freedom and it never brought change. So this section from today that some people find challenging. If you eat a grain of luling rice, you can become guishan, depending on how you nourish yourself. If you add another grain, you become a cow. Sometimes our cow eats guishan. Our mind eats our own wisdom. Ever had that experience? 
where your habits get eaten by, your wisdom gets eaten by your habits. So what's wise and compassionate is just like food for your habits. And sometimes Guishan pastures the cow. It's so sweet. Consider how you've thoroughly understood these matters. See how you are nourishing yourself. How are you working with your cow? Your young cow, your middle-aged cow, your old cow, whatever it is. How are you working with your mind? How are you working with your patterns? How are you showing up to create the conditions that support real change? Not just for yourself, but for the Sangha. for your loved ones, for your not loved ones, for everybody. Thank you.